This is Susan Swart. Welcome to session two of Boundaries. Uh, this one is What is a Boundary? Part two of two. And as I said in the first session, this is based on the book Boundaries by Cloud and Townsend. So welcome. In our first session, we talked a lot about two and four. We talked about how we are responsible to others and for ourselves. We spent quite a bit of time on that. So if you need to go back and revisit that, go back to session one and, and have a review on that. This time we're going to be talking about uh, good in and bad out. Good in and bad out. So should boundaries have gates? Yes. Boundaries should have gates because gates are very necessary in our lives to let bad things out and good things in. Just like a gate uh, needed in your fence around your yard, uh, they're very, very necessary so that those things that are in our lives that God is wanting to try to get out, um, bring to our attention so that he can bring healing or whatever, the, that's a way for those to get out, but also new learning, new teaching, things that God's wanting to bring into our lives. We have to have a way for those to get in and out of our lives. One of the things that people might not always think about is, does God have boundaries? And so many times, like I've said, Christians have some of the worst boundaries out there, in my opinion. But because we don't realize that God has boundaries, that Jesus had, has boundaries, and so here is from the Boundaries book, page 35. The concept of boundaries comes from the very nature of God. God defines himself as a distinct, separate being, and he is responsible for himself. He defines and takes responsibility for his personality by telling us what he thinks, feels, plans, allows, will not allow, likes, and dislikes. He also defines himself as a separate, as separate from his creation and from us. He differentiates himself from others. He tells us who he is and who he is not. For example, he says that he is love and that he is not darkness. See 1 John 4.16 and 1.6. In addition, he has boundaries within the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit are one but at the same time, they are distinct persons with their own boundaries. Each one has his own personhood and responsibilities, as well as a connection and love for one another. See John 17, 24. God also limits what he will allow in his yard. He confronts sin and allows consequences for behavior. He guards his house and will not allow evil things to go on there. He invites people in who will love him, and he lets his love flow outward to them at the same time. The gates, quote-unquote, of his boundaries open and close appropriately. In the same way, he gave us his likeness. See Genesis 1.26. He gave us personal responsibility within limits. He wants us to rule and subdue the earth and to be responsible stewards over the life he has given us. To do this, we need to develop boundaries like God's. So yes, God has boundaries, if you were wondering about that. There's a graphic you can find online um, that is a great graphic. It's a triangle, and it has um, 
the, the Godhead in the middle, and then you've got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are each God, but they are not each other. Uh, they are each part of the Godhead, but they, um, God the Father is not God the Son, and God the Son is not God the Spirit, Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is not God the Father. So they each have their own distinct um, identities, uh, their own responsibilities, their own personhood, for lack of a better term. So where do we see boundaries in the Bible? Where do we see God working with boundaries? We definitely see it in the garden. Uh, he definitely gave them specific instructions. He gave Adam specific instructions about do not eat. And then the, we have the whole story about how Eve was tempted by the enemy and what happened. God had to then put them out of the garden. They had crossed his boundary. He put them out of the garden, uh, which some people say, man, that's mean. But he had to put them out of the garden because had they had he not done that and they had eaten then from the tree of life, they would have lived to, uh, forever in that fallen state. So it was really a merciful thing for him to send them out of the garden. Uh, Sarah stepped over a boundary. Uh, God had given a promise to Abraham, and she took it into her own hands because it wasn't happening in her own timing, in the timing that she thought it should, or in the way she thought it should. So she stepped over a boundary. We're still dealing with some of the consequences of that today. Lot's wife crossed a boundary. She had been told, do not turn, and she did. Um, Jesus got away by himself. He had a boundary with, with people. Uh, he would get away, he would minister, and then he would get away. He also got angry. He had some boundaries. Uh, so we see these things play out. So today we're going to, in this session, we're going to be talking about examples of boundaries. There are eight. And so just to reiterate what a boundary is, boundaries are anything that help us differentiate you from someone else or, some, or shows where you begin and end. So everybody is responsible for their own stuff. So what is a number one? What are these boundaries? Um, skin. Number one is skin. Our skin protects us. Uh, no matter how close you are standing next to somebody, you might be touching their skin. You are still a separate person. That person is still a separate person. So our skin is a boundary. We have certain gates in our skin. We have our nose and our mouth and our eyes and our ears. And so we have ways of letting stuff in, letting stuff out, all of that. So skin is definitely a boundary. Number two, words. Words are boundaries. The most basic boundary setting word is no. Two-year-olds do not have to be taught the word no. They pick it up. They are, have been told no. They start to picking, picking it up. They start to realize what it means. And so we do not have to teach a two-year-old how to say no. Matthew 537 uh, says, Say only yes if you mean yes, and say only no if you mean no. James 512b says, When you mean yes, say only yes, and when you mean no, say only no. So we see that in scripture. Commentary here from Boundaries on page 36. It says, no is a confrontational word. The Bible says that we are to confront people we love, saying no, that behavior is not okay. I will not participate in that. 
The word no is also important in setting limits on abuse. Many passages of scripture urge us to say no to others' sinful treatment of us. Matthew 18, 15 through 20 uh, is, talks about that, talks about dealing with sin in the church. The Bible also warns us against giving to others reluctantly or under compulsion. See 2 Corinthians 9, 7. People with poor boundaries struggle with saying no to the control, pressure, demands, and sometimes the real needs of others. They feel that if they say no to someone that they will endanger their relationship with that person, so they passively comply but inwardly resent. Sometimes a person is pressuring you to do something, and other times the pressure comes from your own sense of what you should do. If you cannot say no to this external or internal pressure, you have lost control of your property and are not enjoying the fruit of self-control. Your words also define your property for others as you communicate your feelings, intentions, and dislikes. It is difficult for people to know where you stand when you do not use words to define your property. God does this when he says, I like this and I hate that, or I will do this and I will not do that. Your words let people know where you stand and thus give them a sense of the edges that help identify you. I don't like it when you yell at me. It gives people a clear message about how you conduct relationships and lets them know the rules of your yard. Number three is truth. So how can truth be a boundary? Knowing the truth about God and his property puts limits on you and shows you his boundaries. And there's always safety in the truth, whether it be knowing God's truth or knowing the truth about yourself. Sometimes we need to know the truth about ourselves. Other people might be able to see things that we are not able to see. So as we go back to John 8, 32, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Number four is geographical distance. So how can geographical distance be a boundary for us? Sometimes we just simply need to get away from um, people. Uh, maybe we're needing to rest. Uh, maybe we're just needing a break. Maybe, you know, it's uh, maybe sometimes there are relationships that we need to get away from. Uh, there might be abuse in the situation that we are needing to get away from. There might be toxicity in the relationship to where it's just not a healthy relationship and we need to get away. Proverbs 22.3 speaks to this when it says, Wise people see trouble coming and get out of its way, but fools go straight to it and suffer for it. So sometimes the best thing is we do need to remove ourselves from a situation. Sometimes that can be the reality that we have to face. Number five is time. So how can time be a boundary? Sometimes it's similar to geographical distance. Sometimes we need to take time away from a situation, time away from a relationship, um, just whatever might be going on. We see that we need to take time because we're needing to regain our ownership over our boundaries or over our feelings or, or something like that. And sometimes God's timing uh, in our lives. We see God's timing working out to where his timing might not be our timing. Most of the time his timing is not our timing, but sometimes God knows we have to trust him in the timing of a situation. Number six is emotional distance. So this is very similar. It can be very similar to the geographical distance and time. 
So emotional distance, how can that be important in a, as a boundary? Uh, emotional distance can be a temporary boundary and to give our heart space that to find the the to meet the need that we have just to get away from a situation to regain our composure to regain our own thoughts to try to get our head together about something and it's like if you've been in an abusive situation emotional distance is necessary if you're going to see changes made this is a temporary thing that can turn into a permanent thing sometimes we just need to get away uh gain have some emotional distance from something to gain um regain our composure to try to get a feel for is this something that needs to become a longer-term deal you might set some boundaries with someone and see how they handle the situation if the changes are made that are necessary for that relationship to continue so sometimes while it's a temporary thing maybe at first um in some situations, you know, it's just temporary and yeah, you're going to go back. You're having an argument with your spouse or something. And yeah, you know, you're going to be going back, but you just need that time. Sometimes if it's an abusive situation or it's been an ongoing situation, sometimes that temporary time can be a time to assess the situation to see, does this need to become a longer term thing, perhaps even a, a permanent thing. And so just at that emotional distance. Number seven, other people. Um, we need other people sometimes to help us with boundaries. There are two reasons why you need others to help you with boundaries. The first thing is your most basic need in life is for relationships. We each know someone who has stayed in a bad relationship because it was better to be in a bad relationship than in no relationship. That shows how important relationships are to us. To have that contact with other people God designed us for a relationship. And so I've seen it so many times where someone would rather stay in a bad relationship than get out and, and not know, not be in any kind of relationship. I've heard it said that someone once made the comment when they got back into a bad relationship. They said, I may be living in hell, but at least I know the names of the streets. It was so scary to them to think about changing and going into a healthier lifestyle than it was to stay where they were, even though it was abusive. So I thought that was a really interesting statement. The second thing is sometimes we need new input and teaching from other people. Um, when we realize that we have a faulty belief system, the Holy Spirit usually teaches us through other people. It's gonna be talking to them, listening to them, reading books they've written, the Bible, the Bible was written by lots of different people under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So going to the Bible and reading those scriptures can help us gain insight that we need. And then those other books can help. That's what's worked in my life for so long is I know scripture and I go to the Bible all the time. And then God will use other people and other books to help bring insight into what that scripture means. So that's what that's how God works with me a lot. And number eight, consequences. Trespassing on other people's property carries consequences. The Bible is full of if-then statements. Go through the Old Testament especially. If you do this, then this will happen. 
And so as you learn to set boundaries, getting to this point is a process. When you start setting boundaries, at first, it, it's so hard to set healthy boundaries at first when you're first learning this because you're not ready for those consequences that might happen. If I set that boundary, they may break off relationship with me. And as we see, it, you know, as that's so important. People would rather be in, in a bad situation than not in the relationship with that person, as I've said. So, but God had to teach me the boundaries, uh, the concept of boundaries, because he knew I was going to have to make some decisions in my life uh, regarding my first marriage. And some consequences needed to happen, but I had to understand boundaries and be willing to set them and be willing to follow through with the consequences when the boundary was breached. So this was a real process for me, learning through this, learning about boundaries. And like I've said uh, before, boundaries is really an exercise in, in identity, learning who you are. Um, because as you learn who you are, then you're able to set those boundaries a little bit easier. They're hard. Everybody think goes into boundaries thinking, oh, boundaries are really easy. And every single time I have taught on this, as we get further into it, they start to realize boundaries are really challenging. Having healthy boundaries are really challenging. So here is from Boundaries, page 40. If you haven't read the book, it's a great book. So on page 40, it says, Paul is not kidding in 2 Thessalonians 3.10. When he says that if anyone will not work, don't let him eat. God does not enable irresponsible behavior. Hunger is a consequence of laziness. So that is Proverbs 16.26. So that finishes up session two. In session three, we're going to be talking about what is within my boundaries, what is supposed to be within my boundaries. So I hope you join me next time.